If you struggle with being interested in sex, it might be the side effect of a medication you're taking. Many people don't have any idea that a lot of the over-the-counter and prescription medications impact sexual desire and sexual functioning. Today, I want to give you information in case you're one of these people. Hi there. I'm your host, Dr. Heather England, an executive coach, psychotherapist, and relationship expert. Welcome to the Great Sex Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of relationships, whether that's your relationship with yourself, the people who matter most to you, such as family, friends, or coworkers, or your relationship with your sexuality. If you're currently taking over-the-counter or prescription medications or herbal supplements, you might have noticed changes in your sexual desire or your body's response during sexual activity. It's not uncommon for certain medications to interfere with sexual desire, arousal, the ability to experience orgasm, and the intensity of your orgasms. So let's explore how various medications, including antihistamines, antidepressants, and other drugs can impact your sexual functioning. I'm not a medical doctor, and I'm not telling you to stop taking these medications, but I wanted to do a podcast episode to inform people about the possible sexual side effects so they can be mindful of them and talk about them with their doctor. First, I want to share some of the medications that impact sexual functioning, and following that, I'm going to give you some ideas about ways to manage it. The first group is antihistamines. These are things such as Benadryl, Sudafed, Claritin, and Zyrtec, and they're commonly used to relieve allergy or cold symptoms. Antihistamines and allergy medications contribute to vulva and vaginal dryness, and many women have a lot more vaginal dryness as they age, especially those who are postmenopausal. And this dryness can lead to a lot of discomfort during sexual activity, and it can decrease sexual desire and sexual pleasure. If you're feeling really dry, then I suggest you try lots of lube to help you in order to stay wet enough so that sex is enjoyable and not painful. Decongestants and antacid drugs can also impact your sexual functioning. If you've recently started taking some type of over-the-counter medication, then I'd run a little experiment. I'd be mindful of how you are feeling sexually. Is it having any impact on your desire, on your overall ability to get aroused, or on your ability to have an orgasm? And if so, then you might notice that that is what is impacting that. And then you can decide, do you really need that over-the-counter medication, or can you try to not incorporate that into your life, or try a different one, because a different one may impact your body differently. This podcast is really intended to give you awareness about what types of things might be impacting your sexual functioning. The next major category of medications I want to talk about are antidepressants. So there's an antidepressant called an SSRI and an SNRI. An SSRI, that's a lot of letters, is called Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors, and SNRIs are serotonin norepinephrine 
reuptake inhibitors. These are medications that are commonly used in the treatment of depression and various other mental health conditions. Many people take SSRIs or SNRIs, and these medications are notorious for their tendency to reduce libido in many individuals during their treatment and sometimes after their treatment. Specific examples of antidepressants that are SSRIs are Zoloft or Paxil, and these can significantly affect your sexual functioning. They might reduce your sexual desire and interfere with your ability to achieve orgasm. Individuals using these medications often report changes in the quality of their orgasms, and they can be much less intense or different than they were before. Examples of SNRIs are Effexor or Cymbalta. They can also have similar side effects. However, there's other antidepressants such as Welbutrin that have been associated with fewer instances of sexual dysfunction than SSRIs. So overall, let's just talk about some of the negative impacts on sexual functioning that antidepressants can cause. We already mentioned lower desire or lower libido. It can also impact your erections or your ability to get an erection. It can decrease your vaginal lubrication. It can decrease your clitoral engorgement. So that's how much blood gets to your clitoris. And if you don't have as much blood in your clitoris, you're going to likely have a less intense orgasm or have more difficulty getting to orgasm. They can cause delayed, absent, or painful ejaculation and orgasm, and they can cause difficulty with your ability to orgasm. They can even give you a type of feeling like anesthesia in your penis or your vagina. Even though we talk about SSRIs as being the most common culprits of sexual side effects, SNRIs can also impact someone's sexual functioning. It's really important to note that for a significant number of antidepressant users, these sexual side effects often become the primary reason that they discontinue the medication. And sometimes they do it with or without medical guidance. One of the big challenges is that when patients express their concerns about sexual functioning while taking antidepressants to their healthcare providers, the common response is that their sexual functioning will return to normal once they've tapered off the medication. And unfortunately, recent data suggests that this isn't always accurate. Some people continue to grapple with sexual dysfunction for extended periods of time, ranging from weeks to months or even years after discontinuing the medication. And in certain cases, these symptoms may only manifest after the individual has gotten off the medication. And for an unfortunate minority, the complete eradication of sexual desire remains a persistent issue. This group may also experience a severe or even total loss of erotic sensation in their genital area, occasionally to the point of numbness. They might even find themselves unable to experience arousal or attraction or orgasm for extended durations. And with no other discernible cause aside from their previous treatment with the antidepressants. I know everything I'm saying sounds pretty scary. 
And my purpose really isn't to frighten you about the medication you're taking, because unfortunately for many people, you need the medication. It's, it's really a balance. What's better to have impact on your sexual functioning or to struggle with depression? So if the medication is what helps you, then you're going to have to balance all of this. What I really want you to understand is that if you are having difficulties with your sexual functioning after starting an antidepressant, it's likely as a result of the antidepressant. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Many people will internalize any type of difficulty with sexual functioning, and it really impacts their overall self-esteem. So I think it's really important to understand when something like a medication is the cause for the sexual dysfunction so you don't internalize it and feel really bad about yourself. If you're already struggling with depression, that would be even worse then for you to then start feeling badly about yourself because you're not into sex like you used to be, or you're not responding to your partner and then they're getting upset with you. So it's really important to understand what is the root cause of any change in sexual functioning. And obviously we're not going to solve all of those root causes in one podcast episode, but if you notice you're having changes in sexual functioning after starting a medication, then that's something to start paying attention to. I said this before, but in case you didn't hear it at the beginning of the episode, I just want to remind everyone that I am not a licensed medical doctor and I am in no way during this podcast giving you any type of medical advice to stop or start a medication. Instead, I'm encouraging you to be mindful of what happens with your sexual health as you are taking medications and determine whether or not they're impacting your sexual health and whether you should be bringing these up with your medical provider to discuss the right treatment options for you. Another class of medications that impacts your sexual functioning are anti-anxiety medications. And so many people are on these. And this is complicated because both anxiety disorders and the medication used to treat them can negatively impact your sexual functioning. Anxiety can impact your sexual functioning. If you've got a lot of anxiety, you might have difficulty achieving or maintaining an erection. If you have a lot of anxiety, you might have trouble with achieving orgasm or maintaining arousal, whether you're male or you're female. So it's the anxiety itself that can impact your sexual functioning, but it's also the medications that are used to treat anxiety that has side effects that impact your sexual functioning. Examples of anti-anxiety medications are Xanax and Valium. And these types of drugs often contribute to difficulty achieving orgasm, erectile dysfunction, and delayed ejaculation. Several other medications are known to influence your sexual desire, your arousal, and the ability to achieve orgasm. These types of medications include cardiovascular and blood pressure drugs, such as beta blockers, Lipitor, and diuretics. Another medication that impacts your overall sexual functioning 
is antifungal medications like Nizoral or heartburn drugs such as Pepsid, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, opioids, all have an impact on your sexual functioning. Opioids can decrease your libido, cause ejaculatory difficulties, an inability to orgasm, or even irregularities with your menstruation. And then there's cancer treatments, including chemo and radiation, that also can lead to a number of types of sexual dysfunction. It's very well known that prostate cancer treatment can really impact erectile functioning and cause erectile dysfunction in males. Finally, any medication that alters your sex hormone levels, such as your estrogen, your testosterone, or progesterone, can affect your libido, your arousal, and orgasm. Now let's talk about what you can do if you're one of these people taking some of these medications. If you suspect that your medication or your supplements might be contributing to sexual side effects, try keeping a log or a journal of what you're taking and how you feel each day. That way you'll be better able to track your symptoms and you'll have something concrete to show your doctor to discuss this with them. While some package inserts may list known sexual side effects, your personal experience is often the most reliable source of information about how you react to medications. And depending upon your specific circumstances, you might have to consider whether the benefits of the medication outweigh the sexual side effects or vice versa. But discuss your concerns with your healthcare provider so they can provide you with alternative options that you might not be aware of. They're not going to know this is an issue for you unless you bring it up to them. And many doctors are not trained to talk about sex with their patients. They're people just like you and me, and they're a little uncomfortable talking about sex with people. So sometimes you have to advocate for yourself and you have to be the person to bring it up during an appointment. That's why the first step in addressing any type of medication-related sexual dysfunction is to have an open and honest conversation with your healthcare provider. They can assess your situation and they can determine the best course of action for you to balance the medication's benefits with its impact on your sexual functioning and your sexual sensations. In many cases, you might be able to adjust your medication so that you can alleviate some of the sexual side effects, either by changing dosage or switching to a different medication within the same class. This approach can often help to maintain the medication's therapeutic effects while minimizing any sexual dysfunction. There's also lifestyle changes that can be effective in managing some of the side effects of medications on your sexual health. Regular exercise, eating a balanced diet, and stress reduction techniques can all help to improve sexual functioning, whether you're on a medication or not. Stress management is particularly relevant for individuals taking medications for anxiety or depression. When medication adjustments and lifestyle changes just don't cut it for you, you might want to consider some alternative medications with fewer sexual side effects. 
Again, your healthcare provider can guide you through this process and help you to make informed decisions. Some individuals find relief from sexual dysfunction by using supplemental treatments. For example, medications like Viagra or Cialis can help address erectile dysfunction, while vaginal lubricants or estrogen creams can help women with vaginal dryness. So they might be an additional thing to use with the medication that you need to treat something like anxiety or depression. Another thing I want to recommend, and not just because I'm a therapist, but is counseling and support. Dealing with any type of sexual dysfunction can be emotionally challenging. Seeking counseling and support from a trained mental health professional or joining a support group can help you to navigate these issues and maintain a satisfying sexual lifestyle. Oftentimes, if you redefine sex away from intercourse into just what feels good for both of you, what's pleasurable, whether that's cuddling, snuggling, just good old-fashioned making out, a body massage, kissing, oral sex, or manual touching one another, all those things are not intercourse-related, but they can feel really good. And if your sexual side effects are really impacting your ability to have penetrative intercourse, then why not try some of those other things that are pleasurable? As I close this out, I just want to make sure you're aware that medication-related sexual dysfunction is such a common issue that goes unaddressed and unnoticed. Very few people, including many therapists, unless they're trained sex therapists, understand that your medications can impact your sexual desire, your arousal, and your ability to have an orgasm. Only you know your body really well and understand how you feel differently sexually after taking a medication. So the more you can track what's going on with you and then have open communication with your healthcare provider, the more likely you're going to be to manage these side effects effectively. You really can get control over your sexual health while still addressing your medical conditions. My hope for you is that you can find a balance that allows you to prioritize your mental health along with your sexual wellness. You always have the right to find the solution that works best for you and for your overall quality of life. If you've listened to all of this episode, that tells me that you're wondering if your medication is causing some sexual issues for you. So I would like you to just take some type of action to figure it out. Be mindful of what's going on when you think about having sex or when you have a sexual encounter and then jot down notes about it and reach out to your healthcare provider to make sure you are working together to come up with the best solution for you. Okay, and at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I know I've said this twice already on this podcast episode, but I know people skip around and don't hear everything. I am not a licensed medical provider, and I am not giving you any type of medical advice during this podcast episode to either start or stop a prescription or over-the-counter medication. Instead, 
I want to share information about the side effects of different medications on your sexual health so you can be mindful of that and then discuss any of these side effects that you are experiencing with your medical provider so that jointly you both can make the right decision regarding your treatment options and your health. And I'm very grateful with the audience for allowing me to repeat this multiple times. I just want to be very ethical and make sure that I'm just putting out information that might be helpful to people and not putting it out in a way that can be misconstrued that I'm giving any type of medical advice because I'm not a medical doctor. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. I know it was a drier episode, but I think it's really important content. And if you find this episode or others valuable, please consider subscribing, sharing the podcast with a friend that might enjoy it, and leaving a positive review. I could definitely use all of those to keep the podcast going. Until next time, my wish for you is to create fabulous relationships and to live your best life possible. See you next time.